Ah, yes, it's hump day. Happy Wednesday, everybody, on MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios here in San Francisco, California. I am the man, the myth, the legend, in my own mind only, Greg Mraz. Thanks for listening to this edition of our show. Remember to write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe, please. We have not had any new reviews or ratings in the last couple of weeks. Please go on and do so. It takes literally 10 seconds. You can put five stars on there and say, Greg is great. Or you can put one star on there and say, Greg is terrible. That's all you got to do. All you got to do. Pretty simple in my opinion. Also, we are going to start experimenting with an app called Locker Room, which is basically going to be a live interactive forum. You get on it through your iPhone or your iPad. I'll start to put the link in my Twitter page, and in our podcast description. I'll try to let you know when I go on Locker Room. I'm planning on doing it inside their MLB group. It's a really cool app. It's very new. I was actually on it last night for another podcast with my guy, Ant Wright. Shout out to him. He hosts the Michigan State of Mind podcast, which is a podcast that focuses mainly on Michigan and Michigan State athletics, mainly football and men's basketball. So I hope that you will join me on Locker Room once we get that started. I'm hoping to bring a couple of guests on into that forum. We can shoot the breeze, talk about everything related to baseball and the like. I think that you all will really enjoy it. Our opening segment today, we're going to talk about the big hot button issue in baseball, and that is breaking the unwritten rules of baseball. I didn't realize when I did the Padres and Rangers recap from last night I didn't realize how big of a firestorm the Chris Woodward and Jace Tingler comments were going to be in regards to Fernando Tatis Jr. swinging 3-0 and hitting an opposite field grand slam against Juan Nicasio. What I failed to mention in our recap last night, and you got to remember, I'm trying to recap every game that happened, so I don't necessarily have the chance to go into an extreme detail. But Nicasio was pulled after that grand slam And the Rangers brought in Ian Jabot, who, by the way, go back and listen to our episode with Ian Jabot. We have had Ian Jabot on this podcast. He was one of our best conversations of the year. So Jabot throws behind Manny Machado. Chris Woodward, the manager for the Rangers after the game, said how he didn't like how Tati swung 3-0 with San Diego up big in the top of the eighth inning. Now, Jace Tingler then came out and said that's something that Tatis has to learn from. I'm paraphrasing here. I did not give him the sign to swing 3-0. So here are a couple of things to let you know. Jace Tingler is the first-year manager of the Padres that came from the Rangers. So he didn't want to show up the team that he used to work for. Tatis Jr. apologized for swinging 3-0. And Tatis Jr. is really the only person that apologized. So it came out earlier yesterday that Ian Jabot was suspended three games for throwing behind Manny Machado, and Chris Woodward, the manager for the Rangers, was suspended for one game for his comments and for the perceived intent of having Jabot throw behind Machado. I don't understand what the big deal is. The Rangers famously pummeled the Orioles 30-3 in a game many years ago. The Rangers had a five-run and a six-run inning in the seventh and the eighth in that ball game. You cannot have a double standard in this regard. You know what? If you don't want a guy to swing 3-0, throw a better pitch. 
Throw a pitch that's further out of the zone. The umpire is going to give you an expanded strike zone in that scenario. Don't complain about the pitch. He swung at it. It's his right to swing at it. Whether or not he was going to hit a grand slam, who the hell knew? I don't understand why Tingler and Woodward are making such a big deal about this. The guy swung 3-0. Sure, it's an unwritten rule of baseball, but those rules are meant to be broken. I don't see the big deal. I don't understand why people are making such a big stink of this. Oh, and by the way, way to go Jace Tingler for throwing your own player under the bus. You'd rather defend the team you used to work for than defend the team that you work for right now. And not only that, potentially piss off the best player in baseball right now. According to Fangraph's War, Fernando Tatis Jr. is the best player in baseball right friggin' now. Fernando Tatis Jr. in a shortened season is going to hit 20 homers. And more than likely, if his stats keep up, he is going to win the National League MVP. I think it's a two-horse race between him and probably Mookie Betts at this point. But my goodness, just stop it with these unwritten rules. We don't need the petty garbage anymore. Baseball has too many of these kitschy, old-time, unwritten rules, things that you don't do. Who cares? You didn't throw a good 3-0 pitch. He swung at it and hit an opposite field grand slam. Rangers, be better. Oh, and by the way, in last night's game, which we're going to start off with first, the Rangers and the Padres, San Diego was up 6-0, and Fernando Tatis Jr. stole third base with Ian Jabot on the mound. (laughs) Ultimate trolling. And then the Rangers tweet out the final score graphic, and they say, no trolls, please, not tonight. So they basically are blocking anybody's responses to their tweet. Oh, come on. If you put that out there, you're asking for it. You're a social media manager. Be better than that. Come on. Anyways, here's the recap of the Padres and the Rangers. Myers drives one out towards deep left center field. Back goes Heinemann at the wall. It's gone. Another grand slam for the Padres. Tatis last night. Today it is Will Myers. And with one swing of the bat, the Padres take a 4-0 lead. Everything's big in Texas. A very excited Don Orsillo, to say the least. Padres beat the Rangers 6-4 down in Arlington. San Diego 13-12. Texas is 10-12. Craig Stammen gets the win. He is 2-1. Stammen goes two scoreless innings out of the bullpen. One hit, no walks, and two strikeouts. Adrian Morejon got the start for San Diego. He went three scoreless innings, did not allow a hit. Mike Miner gets the loss. He is 0-4. Miner allows six runs on nine hits in three and two-thirds innings. One walk and six strikeouts. Cal Quantrill with the save. He faces just one batter in relief of Emilio Pagan. Padres get four in the top of the first inning on that Will Myers grand slam and then make it 6-0 top four on a two-run homer from Jerks and Profar. For Myers, it was his sixth homer of the year. For Profar, his third. Joey Gallo hit a three-run homer in the bottom of the fourth, his sixth, and Scott Heineman doubled homer run in that inning as well. It was 6-4 after four, and it remained that until the game's conclusion. For San Diego, Trent Grisham, 2-for-5. Fernando Tatis Jr., 2-for-5. Manny Machado, 2-for-4. Josh Naylor goes 2-for-2. Two two. Will Myers, 1-for-4 with a grand slam. Jake Cronenworth, 2-for-3 with a run scored. 
For Texas, they only had five hits in the ball game, nobody with multiple hits. Joey Gallo one for four with three RBI on his home run. Nick Solak goes 0 for 1, but he draws three walks. We stay in the state of Texas for an exciting finish in extras between the Astros and the Rockies. Punts down. Diaz will look at third and make the play to first in time. Line drive, base hit. Miles Straw wins the game. The Astros walk it off 2-1. to one. In extra innings, you just have to play good fundamental baseball, and that's what the Astros did. 2-1 winners over the Rockies in 11 innings. Both teams are now 13-10. Andre Scrub gets the win. He is 1-0, a scoreless 11th inning. For the Rockies, the loss is taken by Jairo Diaz. He is 0-1. He allows one unearned run in a third of an inning, one hit, one walk, no strikeouts. This was a pitcher's duel by both starters. Each starter went eight innings. Antonio Sensatella for the Rockies, Zach Greinke for the Astros. Each starter allowed just three hits. Each starter didn't allow a run. Sensatella strikes out six. Greinke strikes out seven. Neither guy walked anybody. Neither team scored until the top of the 10th innings. There was a scoreless ball game going into the top of the 10th. Raimel Tapia singles to give the Rockies a lead. Then Kyle Tucker ties the game bottom 10 on a sacrifice fly. Miles Straw with that single you just heard to give the Astros the win. Really not a whole lot of big offensive numbers in this game. Uri Gurriel and Miles Straw had four of the five hits for Houston. Straw two for five. Gurriel two for four for Houston. For Colorado, they went a combined four for 35 against Astros pitching. Astros went just three, or rather five, for 33. Our next stop takes us to Anaheim for the Giants and the Angels. Sandoval, Tomahawks one to deep right field. Adele back, out of here. And that was a Tomahawk, and it's three to one. First homer of the year for Pablo Sandoval. A two-run shot puts the Giants up 3-1 to one in the top of the second inning. They did not look back. They scored a run in four of the first five innings and beat the Angels 8-2. to two. Giants are 9-16. Angels are 8-16. Yarlin Garcia gets the win. He is 1-0. Interesting decision by the official scorer. Trevor Cahill goes four innings of one-run baseball for the Giants. Garcia doesn't pitch until the eighth inning, yet he is given the win. Dylan Bundy takes the loss. He is 3-2. Four runs on four hits in four innings, four walks, and three strikeouts. No save in the ballgame. Giants got up 1-0 in the top of the first inning on Mike Yastrzemski's sixth home run. Then Tommy LaStella, who was the hero on Monday night, tied the game with his third homer of the year in the bottom of the inning. That call you just heard, the Sandoval two-run homer, put the Giants up 3-1, top of the second. In the top of the third, Brandon Belt had an RBI single to make it 4-1. to one. Then top five, Brandon Crawford with a two RBI double, 6-1 Giants at that point. Two more runs for San Francisco top nine thanks to an Evan Longoria double and a Pablo Sandoval double. For the Giants, the Panda was the big star of the day. He ends up going two for four with three RBI and a run scored. Evan Longoria one for three with an RBI a walk, and three runs scored. Brandon Bell, two for five, with an RBI and a run scored. Brandon Crawford, two for five, with two RBI. Mike Yastrzemski, one for three, with an RBI, a run scored, and two walks. For the Angels, Anthony Rendon goes two for four. He was the only Angel with multiple hits. 
Anaheim had just five in the ball game. We head a little further south to the desert for the A's and the Diamondbacks. Ahmed hits a fly ball left field. Grossman backing up. It's gone. Nick Ahmed, that's his third, and it's 5 nothing Diamondbacks. That Nick Ahmed homer, part of a five-run bottom of the first inning. Diamondbacks would score four in the bottom of the second. They pound the A's 10-1. Arizona has won six in a row. They are 13-11. and A's have lost two in a row. They are 16-8. and Luke Weaver gets the win, his first of the year. He's 1-3. He allows one run on three hits in five innings, one walk and six strikeouts. Rough go for Frankie Montas. He is 2-2. Two and two. Montas allows nine runs on six hits in one and two-thirds innings, four walks and one strikeout, no save in the ball game. Homers in the game for Arizona. Ahmed, his third, a three-run shot you just heard. Cole Calhoun, his seventh, a solo blast. For the A's, they had no homers. Big days offensively for Nick Ahmed. He goes three for four with five RBI and a run scored. Jake Lamb, two for three with an RBI and a walk. Also of note, Starling Marte goes two for three with a run scored. Cole Calhoun, two for four with an RBI and two runs scored. Oakland had just four hits in the ball game. The only RBI coming from Sean Murphy. Our next stop is an extra inning ball game in Pittsburgh between the Indians and the Pirates. Oh my! If it's fair, it's gone and it is! A home run! Carlos Santana with a towering three-run homer right over the foul pole down the left field line. The Pirates will no doubtedly challenge this, but for now anyway, it's a 6-3 Indians lead. We're showing you that highlight because indeed the call did stand. Indians beat the Pirates 6-3 in 10 innings. Cleveland is 14-9. Pittsburgh is 4-15. They are the worst team in all of baseball. Nick Whitgren picks up the win for Cleveland. He is 1-0. Whitgren pitched the ninth inning. He allowed two hits, no runs, no walks, and one strikeout. The loss goes to Sam Howard. He is 1-1. One one. He allows that homer. Three runs, two earned on one hit in one inning. No walks and two strikeouts. Brad Hand with the save. He allows one hit in a scoreless 10th. He strikes out the side. Pittsburgh went up 1-0 in the bottom of the first inning on a Colin Moran RBI single. Cleveland got three in the top of the third thanks to a two-RBI single by Carlos Santana and a sacrifice fly from Franmil Reyes. Pirates tied the game at three, bottom five, thanks to a two-RBI double from Josh Bell. It remained 3-3 until the Santana homer. Santana, obviously the star of the game for Cleveland, two for five with five RBI, five of the six RBI for the Indians. He had two of their six hits. The other RBI came from Franmil Reyes, who went 0-4 with a sack fly. Not a stellar offensive game for Cleveland, but they got the job done. Pittsburgh's Kevin Newman went three for four with two runs scored. Josh Bell went one for four with two RBI. Newman was the only Pirate that had multiple hits in the ball game. Big series upcoming between the first and second place teams in the East, the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. We'll take you next to Yankee Stadium. 
into this one and skies it into center. Hicks will turn around, and that baby is gone. Home run to center field. And Lau continues to be red hot, this time with a three-run home run. And the Rays lead 4-0. That Brandon Lau three-run homer, his eighth of the year, part of a four-run top of the third inning. Rays double up the Yankees 6-3. Tampa's 15-9. Yankees are 16-7. Winning pitcher is Blake Snell. He is 2-0. He allows three runs on four hits over five innings. Walks two, strikes out three. Masahiro Tanaka, the loss for New York, he is 0-1. He allows six runs, five earned on eight hits over four innings. No walks and two strikeouts. Chaz Rowe with the save, his first. He allows no runs, no hits, one walk, and no strikeouts. Four runs for the Rays, top of the third inning, thanks to a Michael Perez RBI single and that Brandon Lau three-run homer. Rays get their fifth run of the game in the top of the fourth inning thanks to a passed ball by Gary Sanchez. Sanchez makes it up with a solo homer in the bottom of the fourth inning, his fifth of the year, 5-1 Tampa at that point. Austin Meadows then counters with a solo homer of his own in the top of the fifth inning to make it 6-1 Tampa Bay, third homer of the year for Meadows, and then Luke Voigt hits a two-run homer bottom five to make it 6-3, Voigt's eighth homer of the year, but the score remained at that. Rays had nine hits in the ballgame. Austin Meadows goes two for four with two runs scored and an RBI. Brandon Lau, one for three with three RBI and a run scored. Kevin Kiermeyer goes two for four with a run scored. Michael Perez goes two for three with an RBI and a run scored. For the Yankees, nobody had multiple hits in the ballgame. Luke Voigt, one for three with two RBI, a walk, and a run scored. That was really the only performance of note for New York. Next stop is Los Angeles as Corey Seager came up with a clutch hit in the late innings against his brother's Seattle Mariners. Here comes off the Villa. Seager grounds one through the right side base hit. Here comes Barnes. Moore's throw is late, and the Dodgers take the lead in the eighth. Barnes steals second. Seager promptly drives him in. Corey Seager with the go-ahead RBI single in the bottom of the eighth inning. Dodgers edge the Mariners 2-1. L.A. is 18-7. They have the best record in the National League. Mariners are 7-18. They have the second worst record in the American League. Blake Trinan with the win out of the Dodger bullpen. He is 2-1. An inning and two-thirds of scoreless relief, no walks, and a strikeout. He allowed no hits in his appearance. Dan Altavilla is 1-2. He takes the loss for the Mariners. One run on one hit over one inning, one walk, or rather two walks, and two strikeouts. Starters for both teams were phenomenal. Marco Gonzalez for Seattle, one run on five hits over seven innings, no walks, and nine strikeouts. Tony Gonsolin for L.A., he is not allowed a run yet in three starts this year. No runs on two hits in six innings, no walks, and three strikeouts. Dodgers got the first run of the ball game for either side in the bottom of the sixth inning, thanks to a Justin Turner RBI single. Mariners tied it at one in the top of the seventh on a Tim Lopes RBI ground out. And then Corey Seager with the single in the bottom of the eighth to give the Dodgers the lead that they would not relinquish. Mariners had just three hits in the ball game. They came from Dylan Moore, Kyle Lewis, and Kyle Seager. Dodgers had six hits. Austin Barnes goes two for two with two runs scored, and Corey Seager goes two for four with the game-winning RBI. Next stop is Atlanta for the Nationals and the Braves, 
And we don't just like showing offense. We like to flash the leather, too, here on MLB Morning Coffee. Out to center. Robles, long way to go. And he gets there to pull it back in with a little snow cone at the end. Unbelievable. A great catch from Victor Robles saves a run. Nationals beat the Braves 8-5 down at Truist Park in Atlanta. Washington is 9-12. Atlanta is 14-11. Wander Suero earns the win. He is 1-0. He goes a scoreless fifth inning out of the Washington bullpen. One hit, no runs, no walks, and two strikeouts. Tyler Matzik takes the loss for Atlanta. He is 2-2. He allows four runs on six hits in a third of an inning. No walks and one strikeout. Daniel Hudson the save, his fifth. He pitches a scoreless ninth with two strikeouts. Atlanta was up 5-2 going into the top of the fifth inning. That's when Washington struck for four. It happened on an Adam Eaton RBI single, a Juan Soto RBI single, a Jan Gomes RBI single, and an Eric Thames RBI ground out. Gomes to tie the game, Thames to give them the lead. Trey Turner added on an insurance run in the top of the eighth inning on an RBI single, and Eric Thames added on an insurance run in the top of the ninth inning with an RBI single as well. There was one homer in the game. That came from Freddie Freeman, a two-run shot in the bottom of the fourth inning that extended a 3-2 Atlanta lead into a 5-2 Atlanta lead. Washington had 17 hits in the ball game. Braves had 14. For the Nationals, they had six different players checked at seven different players with at least two hits. Eric Thames, two for five. Jan Gomes, two for five. As Dribble Cabrera, two for five. Juan Soto, two for four. Adam Eaton, two for five. Trey Turner, two for six. And then also have to put in that Luis Garcia goes three for four with a run scored as well. For Atlanta, they had five players with multiple hits. Ender Enciarte goes three for three in the nine hole. Adam Duvall, two for four with a run scored. Marcelo Zuna, two for five. Freddie Freeman, two for four with two RBI and a run scored. Dansby Swanson goes two for five with two runs scored. We head a little bit further south to Miami for the Mets and the Marlins. And Rosario lines one in the right center field for a base hit. That'll bring in Cano. Alonzo being waved home as well. He'll score. Hamilton goes to third. Rosario cashes two more with an RBI single. Big day for Ahmed Rosario. He goes two for five with three RBI and a run scored. Mets beat the Marlins 8-3. to three. New York is 11-4. and four. Miami in a slide. They are now 9-8. and eight. Winning pitcher Justin Wilson. He is 1-1, one and one, an inning and a third of scoreless relief. In relief of Corey Oswalt, who came up to fill the spot occupied by David Peterson, who went on the IL before the game. Humberto Mejia takes the loss. He is 0-1, no save in the ball game. For New York, they scored their first run in the top of the third inning on a Brandon Nimmo homer, his fourth, then added on two in the top of the fourth on a J.D. Davis homer and a Dominic Smith ground rule double. Bottom four, Jesus Aguilar doubles home two, and Brian Anderson singles home one, or rather I should say Aguilar doubles home one, Anderson singles home one, and that makes it a 3-2 ball game. Ahmed Rosario hits his second homer of the game in the top of the seventh inning to make it 4-2. Dominic Smith walks in the top of the eighth with the bases loaded, then that Rosario single you just heard to make it 7-2, and then a Brandon Nimmo single to make it 8-2. By the way, fun fact on Dominic Smith, 
he currently has more RBI this season, 20, than he does hits, 19. That's called coming up big with runners on base. Brandon Nimmo goes three for five with two RBI and a run scored. We already gave you the line for Rosario. Smith goes one for three with two RBI. For Miami, Brian Anderson two for four. Francisco Cervelli two for three with a run scored. Magnary Sierra goes two for four with an RBI. Our next stop will take us to Boston for the Phillies and the Red Sox. And let me just say, maybe Bryce Harper likes hitting at Fenway Park. Hmm? That one is pulled deep to right field. Pilar going back. It is gone! Into the back of the Red Sox bullpen and then into the stands. It's a three-run home run. The Phillies lead it eight to four. That Bryce Harper homer, part of a 13-run outburst for the Phillies. They pound the Red Sox 13 to six. Philly is back to 500. They are nine and nine. Boston is now an American League worst, six and 18. Blake Parker gets the win for Philly. He is one and zero. He goes two scoreless innings out of the bullpen for them. One hit, one walk, and three strikeouts. Josh Taylor takes the loss for Boston. He is 0-1. He allows three runs on two hits in two-thirds of an inning, no walks, and a strikeout. Phillies gave up the first run of the ball game as Boston actually had a 3-0 lead after three. But the Phillies scored a run in the fourth and a run in the fifth, and then Boston got a run back in the bottom of the fifth. So it's 4-2 going into the top of the sixth inning. Then... Phil Gosselin doubles home a run to make it a one-run game. Roman Quinn ties the game with an RBI single 4-4. Andrew McCutcheon then with an RBI single to score Roman Quinn to put Philly up 5-4. Then that Bryce Harper homer you heard, his fifth of the season, to make it 8-4. And then Didi Gregorius singled home JT Realmuto 9-4 Phillies at that point, and they would not look back from there. Homers in the game for Philadelphia besides Harper. Reese Hoskins hit his first. Good to see him back in the homer column. Phil Gosselin hit his third, and Jay Bruce hit his fourth. Red Sox did not have any home runs in the ball game. 16 hits for the Phillies in this puppy. Andrew McCutcheon goes two for five with an RBI and a run scored. Bryce Harper two for five with three RBI and two runs scored. Didi Gregorius two for four with an RBI and two runs scored. Alec Bohm goes two for three with a run scored. Also worth noting that Jay Bruce goes two for five with four RBI and a run scored. Phil Gosselin, two for three with two RBI and two runs scored. For Boston, Mitch Moreland, two for three with two RBI and two walks. Xander Bogarts, two for three with two RBI. Rafael Devers goes three for five with an RBI and two runs scored. We next take you to Baltimore, where it took extras to decide between the Blue Jays and the Orioles. Hay from center, and Smith doesn't have much of an arm in left. Diving stop by Davis. He's coming home with the ball, and it bounces away. That was the go-ahead fielder's choice in the top of the 10th inning by Lord Guriel. Blue Jays edged the Orioles 8-7 in extra innings. Blue Jays 9-11. Orioles are 12-11. Winning pitcher Anthony Bass, he is 1-0. He goes two scoreless innings out of the bullpen, one hit, no walks, and three strikeouts. Cole Sulser takes the loss for Baltimore. He is one and two. He allows one unearned run, the runner that started at second base, walks two, doesn't strike out anybody. This was a back-and-forth game, to say the least, or rather a big Blue Jays comeback. 
Baltimore gets two in the bottom of the first inning on a two-run blast from Anthony Santander, his eighth. Blue Jays then tie the game on a Randall Gritchick two-run homer in the top of the third inning. Baltimore takes the lead back on Santander's solo shot, his ninth. So Santander with homers in each of his first two at-bats. Then top five, Toronto takes the lead thanks again to Randall Gritchick as he doubles home a pair. Then Travis Shaw hits a three-run homer to make it a 7-3 ball game. But in the bottom of the fifth inning, Baltimore countered with three, a chance Cisco two-run homer, his third, and then Renato Nunez on a sack fly. That made it 7-6. Orioles tie the game bottom seven on a Hanser Alberto RBI single. And then it stayed that way until the top of the 10th when Guriel had that fielder's choice. Toronto had nine hits in the ballgame. Baltimore had 12. For the Blue Jays, Randall Gritchick, the big star, two for five with four RBI and two runs scored. Travis Shaw, two for five with three RBI and two runs scored. Lourdes Gurriel goes two for five as well. For Baltimore, the star of the show was Anthony Santander. He goes three for five with three RBI and two runs scored. Pedro Severino, two for four. Cedric Mullins, a two-for-five game as well for the O's. Can't forget Chance Sisko goes one-for-four with two RBI, a walk, and two runs scored. We will now take you back to the Midwest, this time for the White Sox and the Tigers. It is Spaghetti. So he loves the home runs. Tim in the air, left field. It's time for a pasta party. Cook it up. Throw in some meatballs. one nothing socks. So in case you're wondering what the heck Jason Benetti is referring to, apparently Tim Anderson, when he hits a home run, does this spaghetti fingers thing. So he's now got three homers in his last two games. White Sox pound the Tigers 10-4. They score a run on the first on the Anderson home run, three in the second, and two in the fourth. Dylan Cease gets the win. He is 4-1. The former Chicago Cubs prospect goes six in the third innings, allows two runs on five hits, three walks, and three strikeouts. Tarek Skubal takes the loss in his big league debut for Detroit. He goes two innings, allows four runs on seven hits, one walk, and one strikeout. Anderson had the only homer in the game for the White Sox, but they got some big performances from the top of their lineup. Anderson goes four for five with three RBI and three runs scored. Yoan Moncada goes one for two with two RBI, a run scored, and two walks. Jose Abreu goes three for five with three RBI. Also, Nomar Mazzara at the bottom of the lineup, two for four with an RBI and two runs scored. Danny Mendick goes one for three with an RBI and a run scored. Jonathan Scope hit a solo homer for the Tigers in the second inning against Dylan Cease, his fifth. He had the only homer of the game for Detroit. Scope ends up going two for four with that run and that RBI. Austin Romine has a two-for-four performance where the run scored. Those are the only guys that had multi-hit performances for Detroit. We'll stay in Chicago for the Cubs and the Cardinals. My apologies for the poor audio quality there. Wrigley Field has got to turn down the crowd noise. Every time I use a call from Wrigley Field, there is way too much crowd noise. Turn that bleep down. Oh, my God. It's just unbelievable. But anyway, the Cubs beat the Cardinals 6-3. 
Cubs are 15 and 7, Cardinals are 5 and 6. You Darvish gets the win. He is 4 and 1. One run on 8 hits in 6 innings, one walk and seven strikeouts. Daniel Ponce de Leon takes the loss. He is 0 and 2. He allows two runs on three hits in three and third innings, three walks and seven strikeouts. Cardinals walked eight in this ball game. Also, this game finished in regulation, and it was over four hours. In fact, the official game time says four hours and nine minutes. Good God, that is horrendous. Rowan Wick gets the save for Chicago, his fourth. He is now the new closer for them. Four and a third, no hits, no runs, one walk, three strikeouts. Cubs took the lead in the bottom of the third inning on an Ian Happ homer, his fifth, then made it 2-0, bottom four, on a Jason Hayward RBI triple. Cardinals cut it to one, thanks to a Paul Goldschmidt RBI single in the top of the fifth inning. Then that homer that you kind of heard, Schwarber a two-run shot, his fourth to make it 4-1 Cubs. Cubs added two more on in the bottom of the seventh inning, thanks to a Victor Caratini RBI double and a Jason Kipnis sack fly. Cardinals got two in the top of the eighth inning as Matt Carpenter had an RBI single and a run scored when Dylan Carlson hit into a double play. Each team had nine hits in the ball game for Chicago. Jason Hayward, two for three with a run scored. Ian Happ, two for three with a run scored. He had an RBI and two walks for St. Louis. Colton Wong goes two for four with a run scored. Paul Goldschmidt, three for four. Matt Carpenter, two for four. Now to our final game of last night, the Twins and the Brewers in extras at Target Field. This was probably the most fun game of the night, and the reason why we ended up recording this last is that it was the last game to end. Safety squeeze button. Slow roller, here comes Buxton, and he's safe, and the Twins win the game. All right. This was a game that went 12 innings. Brewers fall to the Twins 4-3. Minnesota 16-8. Milwaukee 10-11. So the story of this game is quite odd because the Twins had a 3-0 lead going into the top of the ninth inning. Kenta Maeda, the starter for Minnesota, had a no-hitter going into the top of the ninth inning. He gives up a hit and he's pulled. But because of an error, the Brewers end up tying the game at three. Maeda gets a no decision. He allows one run on one hit in eight innings, two walks, and 12 strikeouts. Neither team scores in the 10th or the 11th inning, and then Minnesota is able to get the go-ahead run in the bottom of the 12th inning. I have got to say, having worked in the minor leagues for two years, with this rule being relevant, teams should be scoring in the 10th and 11th innings more. Like, there's no excuse for teams not scoring until the 12th inning. That's bad fundamental baseball. Winning pitcher is Jorge Alcala. He goes to 1-0. He pitches two scoreless innings out of the Twins' bullpen. David Phelps takes the loss. He is 2-2. He allows one unearned run on no hits, no walks, and no strikeouts in an inning and a third. Fundamental baseball put together by the Twins. Also worth noting that Brewers starter Corbin Burns Went five innings of one-run baseball, two hits, three walks, and five strikeouts. For Minnesota, they had just five hits in the game. The Brewers had just four. Jorge Polanco had two RBI. He went one for five. He had the walk-off sacrifice bunt. Miguel Sano goes two for three with an RBI. Here, Adrianza goes one for two with an RBI. For Milwaukee, they had just one RBI in the game. Kesson Hira goes one for five with an RBI. Jed Jerko, pardon me, had an RBI as well. His, though, came on a ground out. 
that also had an error. That's how the Twins gave up the lead in the top of the ninth inning. That is it for yesterday's ball games, August 18th, 2020. Let's take a look at today's slate. Who cares? Let's check it out. Check it out! A lot of early ball games today. If you're just listening to this, some of these games might be underway already. 10.05 Pacific Time, 1.05 Eastern Time in Baltimore. 9-11 Blue Jays at the 12-11 Orioles. Tanner Roark for Toronto, 1-0 with a 6 ERA. Tommy Malone for Baltimore, 1-2 with a 4 ERA. 1.35 Eastern Time in Boston, 9-9 Phillies at the 6-18 Red Sox. Jake Arrieta, 1-2 with a 4.02 ERA for the Phils. Kyle Hart, 0-1 with an ERA above 22 for the Red Sox. Cubs are hosting the Cardinals at 1.20 Central Time, a businessman special with no fans. 5-6 Cardinals. 15-7 15-7 Cubs, Jack Flaherty for St. Louis, 1-0 with a 2-5-7 ERA, Alec Mills for Chicago, 2-1 with a 2-8-4 ERA. The Reds and Royals were postponed yesterday, so they are going to have a doubleheader today. I should note, by the way, that the Cubs and the Cardinals also have a doubleheader. No starter has been announced for Game 2. The Cardinals are going to be the home team in Wrigley Field for Game 2. For the Reds and the Royals, Reds are 9-11, Royals are 9-14. It is a 2.05 Pacific, 5.05 Eastern start time, even though the game's in Kansas City, so it's 4.05 Central. Luis Castillo for Cincinnati, he's 0-2 with a 3.91 ERA. Brad Keller for Kansas City, 2-0, he is not allowed to run yet this year. In Game 2, it's going to be Trevor Bauer, 2-0 with a .93 ERA for Cincinnati, and making his Royals debut Matt Harvey, that's right, Matt Harvey, who was a minor league signing by the Royals, gets called up from the alternate site camp to be their starter in Game 2. 7.05 Eastern Time in Pittsburgh, 14-9 Indians at the 4-15 Pirates, Aaron Savali for Cleveland, 2-2 with a 3-6 ERA, Stephen Brault for Pittsburgh, no record, a 5-14 ERA. 7.05 Eastern Time in New York, 15-9 Rays at the 16-7 Yankees, it will be Tyler Glasnow for Tampa, 0-1 with a 7.04 ERA. Garrett Cole for New York, he's 4-0 with a 2.76 earned run average. 7:10 Eastern Time in Atlanta, 9-12 Nationals at the 14-11 Braves. Eric Fetty for Washington, 1-1 with a 2.55 ERA. Kyle Wright for Atlanta, he's 0-3 with an ERA above seven. 7:10 Eastern Time in Miami, 14 or rather 11 and 14 Mets at the 9-8 Marlins. Jacob Degrom for New York. 2-0 with a 2.45 ERA. Pablo Lopez for Miami. 2-1 with a 2.25 ERA. 7-10 Central Time in Minneapolis. 10-11 Brewers at the 16-8 Twins. Brett Anderson for the Crew. 0-2 with a 4.91 ERA. Rich Hill goes for Minnesota. He's 1-0. He is not allowed to run yet this year. Tigers visit the White Sox at 7-10 Central Time. Tigers are 9-12. White Sox are 13-11. This is going to be fun. A debut of top pitching prospects. Casey Mize, the former number one overall pick by Detroit. He goes for the Tigers. Dane Dunning, a top pitching prospect for the White Sox, will get the start for the Southsiders. 6.40 Mountain Time in Colorado. The Astros and the Rockies, both at 13-10, will do battle. Framber Valdez for Houston. He's 1-2 with a 1-9 ERA. Ryan Castellani for Colorado, no record, a 104 ERA. 6-10 Pacific time in San Diego. 
10 and 12 Rangers at the 13 and 12 Padres. Lance Lynn 3 and 0 with a 1-1-1 ERA. Chris Paddock for San Diego 2 and 2 with a 4-9-1 ERA. 6:40 Pacific Time in Seattle. 18 and 7 Dodgers at the 7 and 18 Mariners. Julio Urias for Los Angeles 2 and 0 with a 2.53 earned run average. Taiwan Walker for Seattle 1 and 2 with a 4.05 ERA. 6:40 Pacific Time at the Coliseum. 13 and 11 Diamondbacks at the 16 and 8 A's. Merrill Kelly for Arizona 3 and 1 with a 1.71 ERA. Jesus Lazardo for Oakland. 1-0 with a 4.79 ERA. And finally, the 8-16 Angels at the 9-16 Giants. Patrick Sandoval for Anaheim, 0-2 with a 3.94 ERA. Johnny Cueto for San Francisco, 1-0 with a 4.62 ERA. That's your slate for today. And by the way, one editorial comment. If you wanted to limit travel and limit exposure, you should not have been doing these four-game series with two in one place and two in the other. Make them all four in one place. But that's just me being old man yelling at clouds. That's it for today's MLB Morning Coffee. Have a great day. Enjoy the baseball, and we'll catch you tomorrow morning.